Oh, hey, girl. It's Tess Rouse and Christina Beattie. We're the co-hosts and creators of Authentically Wild. A podcast that may literally transform your understanding about life, relationships, and your healing journey. So get ready, girl. Shit's about to get wild. So many of us seek to control our lives because we don't like uncertainty. We create schedules. We try to control our relationships, our future, our finances maybe other people's reactions, as a means to create predictability and therefore the outcomes we think we want and need. But the world around us is so uncertain, it's fluid. And when you really start looking at this, you see how little control we actually have. When we begin to understand this, we can see that controlling every aspect of our life is somewhat futile and it actually leads to stress, anxiety, unhappiness, the list goes on. So in this episode, we talk about surrender, the antidote to control, and how if we can step into that space of surrender, we can manifest our desires, reach our goals, and have a different outlook and feelings along the way. Hey, 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 hey. Hi, girl. (laughs) That was a good one. Oh, thanks. Really channeled that. (laughs) Yeah, I liked it. You know, it made me think of just my own healing journey and how like, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot, but man, were we ones that liked to control. Oh yeah. It's my go-to. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that. Gets, yeah. When it gets stressful, you know? Yes, ma'am. Um, before we jump in, I want to just take a moment to remind anyone listening, if you are local to where Tess and I live, which is anywhere near Langley, British Columbia, we are hosting our first live in-person workshop tomorrow evening, Saturday, March 4th, Conversations with Her. We still have a few tickets, so if you're listening to this, this should be dropping the Friday before our event. We want you guys to come. So let us know. You can contact us either through Instagram, TikTok, wherever you're listening from, and we would love to have you. Mm -hmm. And just another quick note for all of our listeners far and wide. Uh, If you're enjoying our podcast, if it's something you listen to regularly or just once in a while, the best thing that you can do to help Christina and I spread the word and continue growing this podcast is to subscribe or follow on whatever listening platform you're using, leave us a comment, but actually most importantly is for you to share it. This podcast can only grow. We can only keep doing this if we can keep expanding our audience and our reach. And so we really need you to share it on whatever social platform you have, whether that's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, take a screenshot of the episode and post it to your story. Uh, and, And best of all, share it with a friend, maybe someone else that would enjoy listening as well. So that's what we're here to do. And we hope that you can help us uh, achieve that. Yeah, share, 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 please. If you like this, I think this is going to be a good one that people might want to share because I for sure have been moving through another layer of surrender. I don't know if we ever master this piece. I mean, if we do, someone tell me how, but I will say that I think the more I practice it and come up against these pieces where I am tested to surrender, I think you start to figure out your process around it. And Mm -hmm. that's something I definitely want to share today is for listeners to understand what does it mean to surrender? how do you come to a place of that and sharing, you know, our experiences with that, as well as any tips and practices that can help them. 
Mm-hmm. Like always our recipe for podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what it is, why it's important, what our experiences and how you can do it yourself, which is, mm-hmm. which is a fun recipe to follow. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we start with what does it mean to surrender? When I think about this piece, I think I used to think that surrender was like waving the white flag, you know, mm. like, ah, I give up, you know, hands in the air. I mean, although I think there is an element of hands in the air, right? <laughs> Taking your hands off the wheel, but it's not exactly giving up. And I think that that's a really important piece to point out because I don't think it's that we're supposed to, you know, if if we're wanting something for ourselves, it's not that we're supposed to give up on it if it's not showing up, but I think it's seeing what are we focusing on here? Is it something that is out of our control? And how do we refocus back on what we can control, which is namely ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good way to put it. And I think just building off that, it's really giving up this idea that, we can plan, predict, prevent exactly how we're going to get there. It's not Mm -hmm. necessarily the destination that we're giving up on. I think you're still going to have your desires and your goals, but how that's going to unfold, when that's going to involve, what the pieces are going to be that are involved in that experience. Those are the things we typically cling to white knuckle onto the steering wheel with. Uh, And I think surrender really asks us to let go of the process of how and to just focus on what is and what is in our control, like you've mentioned. Mm. Yeah, that's a hard one, though, because I even think back to my journey. And I don't think I was even aware of how much I was trying to control until it became this sort of like explosive energetic experience I was having of my mental health and just everything. And then it, it forced me to really take a step back and see, wow. I am really trying to control so many things here. Mm -hmm. I think out of, you know, out of fear and, and a lack of internal safety, but I think that that's a, that's a big piece to help listeners look at, or, or just to get them started in terms of surrender, because there is a difference between surrender and this energy of control, you know, like a vast difference. And I think it's really, you know, even just looking at, if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, well, like, how do I tell what I'm doing and what I'm not doing? I think maybe even just seeing where are you trying to control in your life is a great place to start. Yeah. And, and who, yeah. I think that, <laughs> right. I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned on my journey is that you can control nobody, even if they're, your partner, your kids, like their experience is their experience. All you control is your reaction to things, your perception, your outlook on things. I think a lot of, too, when we talk about, I think surrender comes a lot easier to some people. I look at myself and my partnership with Tori, where he, you know, you you meet those people that are just like, yeah, like whatever happens, it'll happen. Mm. Things will work out. They have a very optimistic, positive mindset. I think people who really struggle with surrender are typically those who need control. As you just mentioned there, they're typically the people where we've been stuck in survival mode or fight or flight. And so control gives us a sense of security. Although actually it it really doesn't, Um, but you know, on the surface, it feels like it does, right? We feel like we're moving towards something. Although really what we're doing is we're fighting Mm. where we're fighting the flow of what wants to come in, where our life wants to take us, the direction maybe it wants to change us into. 
but we get so hyper-focused on what it is we need to do, how we need to do it, when it needs to happen, that we are almost giving up the things that want to come in for us. And I think a lot of it does, you know, building on that, and you said it yourself about, you know, needing control when we're in fear or insecurity. I think it really goes back to like your mindset and and a lot of your past. I think pessimists or people with, you know, negative thought loops or that are coming from a place of fear, um, surrender is really hard because that means we're supposed to trust in something that's going to hold us and catch us when life's shown us that that isn't true for us. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I, and I love that you bring that up because when when those experiences do happen for us, it sets our nervous system into a dysregulated place. Now that we're talking about this, it's even more clear that our nervous system probably plays such a role in this. Absolutely. You know, I can see, especially with Max, my son, for anyone listening, he's such a great mirror for me. Him and I have a lot in common. <laughs> and so when something's shown up with him, I often will be like, oh, is this showing up with me? And often it is, it's crazy. And when he is dysregulated, he needs that control. Whereas, you know, with Zoe, it's a little bit different, but with Max and, and I'm like this too, when I am more dysregulated, I will search for that control in some way. Mm -hmm. And do you find when you create awareness that, oh, I'm really trying to control this outcome can do to all the work you've done? Do you Mm -hmm. realize, ooh, I need to tap back in to surrendering to this? Well, and, and I don't even think, I don't say to myself, I need to surrender to this. I think I use one of my tools or strategies, which we're gonna let you guys know some of these different ideas that you can use. I use one of those to help me ground back into myself, which Mm -hmm. I think naturally gets me into more of a place of surrender. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's when I was thinking about as well, this energy of control versus surrender, when we really tap into what this energy is, when we are in surrender, there is a flow here. And when we are in control mode, there is force. Yes. But this also reminds me so much of the different feminine and masculine energies that are within all of us. We live in a society, I think we're starting to shift out of this slowly, but we live in a society that is so masculine energy focused, do the things, take action, plan, organize, right? And there's there's a, an energy of force behind this. And sometimes this is necessary, but we also need to be able to embody our feminine, which allows us to tap within, go inwards. And that actually allows us to receive Mm because it opens up this space for things to flow in. Yeah. When you talk about the the feminine energy, the word that comes up is is almost acceptance. And we've talked about, and we're going to continue talking Mm -hmm. about control and surrender and how those are very much opposite, these polarizing places you can be. And I think one of the ways you get to surrender is through acceptance and that feminine energy of like it is what it is and i'm ready to receive whether that's the lesson the change in my path what this is here Mm -hmm. to show me this next step in my journey etc etc right um and i think acceptance is is a critical key in coming to a place of surrender because when we accept something we just release Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not that we stop having that idea of vision, dream, desire. It's just that at some point there needs to be this, yeah, this acceptance of we don't get to decide when. 
Yeah, it's funny. I did this um, leadership training once with a consultant and I was very much having to give up the sense of control. And this was very much in like a business setting. So I think for anyone listening, this is in all places of your life, you know, and, and I'd get very stressed if a, a presentation didn't go the way I wanted it to, or I couldn't get another person within my workplace to agree with a project or something I wanted. And, you know, it, it was like, well, that was the way it needed to be. That was what I needed and what I wanted. And so we created this analogy that I was this trusted traveler with a map knowing like, I could see the destination I was getting to, but there was all these different pathways to get there. And I had to become trusting in the fact that I had my skill sets, I had my backpack of things I needed, Mm. and that depending on what happened in the ecosystem, in nature, with other people I ran into on my travels, that I'm still pointing towards that North Star, the desire, the goal, but I'm accepting and I'm open and I'm surrendering to how I'm gonna get there even the time it's going to take to get there. And I think we almost need to approach our lives like that. Mm-hmm. You can have goals and desires. This isn't about just being like a couch potato and just allowing life to pass you by. There is an element of that masculine energy of that needing to take aligned action. But we have to realize that life, it, it cannot be controlled. It's unpredictable. It's fluid. Like we can't even control what's going to happen to us in the next five minutes. Mm-hmm. But we, 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 it's like we're born and programmed to believe that we can. And so we spend so much of our lives on this hamster wheel of like, always trying to be a step ahead, always trying to foresee what's gonna happen. You're wasting a lot of energy doing that. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's our ego. And and our ego's function is to keep you separate. Um, it works because it helps us plan and organize and do all these things, but often, and I think we're starting to see this more as a society, a lot of us have been living only in our ego. Mm -hmm. And so it's really about seeing when we are in that fear-based sort of separate energy and how do we return to a place of connection? Mm -hmm. And I think you're touching on this, this, like, what does it feel like? And maybe that would help listeners Mm -hmm. understand, like, what does the process of surrender feel like versus what does the energy of control feel like? And I guarantee for anyone listening, if you're like, oh, I haven't done a conscious, you know, process for surrendering, you probably have surrendered. And there's probably micro experiences or moments when we explain maybe some more of this, the energetics behind it, you'll be like, oh yeah, I felt that before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always use this boat analogy that you're in a boat and you're traveling sort of against the current, you're going upstream. That's when we're in control, right? We're in control of this boat. We can oar as fast as we want, as slow as we want. But in that, that takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of energy. We feel a force almost working against us. We're narrow focus. It's all we can think about is paddling faster to keep up with the current that's working against us. That is us being in control. That's what it feels like. Like I'm hustling, I'm grinding it out. Like I, it, things will only come if I work extremely hard at that. this, whether it's a relationship, a job. Um, getting pregnant is another good one I think we're gonna touch on in a bit. Whereas being in a state of surrender, maybe it's where we allow the boat to actually change course and we begin to flow downstream and we allow the water and that current to push us and support us. Maybe there's moments where we get to put the oars down then and we actually can take in the scenery, see what's going on. Maybe there's something that will reveal itself that we we really want to stop at that maybe we never would have noticed when we're battling to go upstream. And so there's a different feeling there, ones of peace, 
The other is of, you know, stress, hypervigilance, uh, anxiety, like working really hard. Yeah. And so maybe just think back to some moments in your life where you kind of like let go. You almost like, you know, I gave up wanting that thing. And then all of a sudden things just sort of happened and aligned, right? Yeah. That's surrender. Yeah. Yeah, and and the the part that stands out there when I hear you give that analogy, which is a really good one, because it does tap into the energy of both of those. Let's say you 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 choose to try your best to surrender, and you let go of the oars, and you start flowing. I think it's important to bring up that you you might still get these questions of, but where am I going? Mm. And and that's okay. You can still have those questions come up and wonder about what's the path here. You know, I don't think we're just supposed to stop questioning and be like, you got it. Okay. I'm just, <laughs> you know, like, I think we're still allowed to have this desire and this vision of what it is we want, but it's where are we holding on so tightly that it can't actually come in. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and when you speak of that too, about not knowing where you're going, it's kind of like, well, life and society teaches us like, no, we have to have it all planned out. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then when things begin to change, it can feel even more unsettling because that was what we thought we wanted or that's where we thought we were going to be. And then mm -hmm. rather than surrender to that and see what that process, that experience has for us, we tend to grip even harder. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we're just so dead set on getting to the place how we wanted to. And yeah. I think really taking inventory of your life and saying like, where have I done that? Where have I created this mental map that I'm very much chained to? And it has to happen like this, whether that's in your relationship, something you're calling in, maybe your finances, your, your, your body image, whatever it is, like, where are you really like white knuckling the steering wheel? Yeah. Well, and, and, and maybe that's a great place to segue into. So when you can see this now, maybe you're building some awareness around, okay, here's where I am really trying to control this situation or this person or this outcome. How do you come to a place of acceptance and surrender around that? Mm -hmm. And, and this is coming from probably one of the bigger control freaks out there in terms of in the <laughs> past for me is I've learned that it's not by force that and and this isn't to say you can't make things happen by force you can but sometimes it's not always the best thing for us it's interesting because you sent me a Gabby Bernstein podcast episode um i think it was last week and it got me thinking about this piece around surrender because and this is something that i'm going to talk about in a bit here is that I really have come to a new place of surrender with partnership. Um, and I'm going to dig into that. But what I want to mention here first is she talks about, and, and this really, really stuck with me. And so I'm hoping it can help any of you listening. Maybe you don't even believe in a higher power, but if you do, whether you refer to it as higher power, God, universe, source, I like to refer to it as universe. She mentions this piece around the plan you have for something is actually not the plan. Mm -hmm. The plan is the universe's plan. And when you can start to accept that you can have the vision and the desire, but you don't get to create the time on it, there's actually some freedom there. At least I felt that freedom of like, yeah, my plan isn't the plan. And I can actually see this the more I look back in my past and all the different things that I've tried to plan. You know, I even think of like, oh, I, 
this idea I had of what motherhood was going to be. Hmm, my plan was not the plan. <laughs> right. And, and so there's been all these moments in my life where I can look back and see that there is a bigger plan here that really decides on the timing of these pieces. But that doesn't mean we have to give up on our vision or dreams. I think we just have to give up on the timing. And mm -hmm. if you can do that, there's a lot of freedom there. Yeah, that's that's so beautiful that you bring up that example. And I know we're going to dive into more details on it. But I think just to build off of that experience for you, it sounds like it. the process of surrender, I don't think our listeners should see it as this other thing you now have to do. See it as mm -hmm. another tool because it sounds like it provides a lot of relief. Mm. like you can surrender to what's coming up, what's not happening or what's happening in your life. And all you can control is your reaction. All you can control is the next step that you take, right? Um, we can't control the things that are gonna happen to us or lack thereof in your case, when we talk about calling in partnership, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will say, so relief, 100%. But I think that this is also really, a good opportunity to talk briefly about the parts that are going to show up within you when you do try to surrender. And mm -hmm. if you have had trauma, which I think we all have, or some of these hard experiences, parts of us fragment and become there. I mean, some parts of us become protectors inside of us that learn how to enable these mechanisms in order to survive and be successful and achieve and all these things, right? And so for me, for example, and maybe someone can resonate with this, when I do try to let go of something, I do have a part in me that comes up being like, oh, no, 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 we're not letting go because when we've let go or trusted, we've been hurt. Mm -hmm. And so this is where I think it's also important, you know, when we think to coming to a place of acceptance and surrender is being able to see that not all of you is going to agree with this. Yeah. And it's, it's important to try to hold space to see some of those different parts of you that show up that do want to protect you and hold on to control because they've done a really good job doing it all along. And so we have to hold space and honor those parts. Absolutely. And I think too, again, the more you do this, the more those parts in you, they still come up. But they're a little less adamant. They're a little yeah. bit more malleable. They're a little bit more understanding. Trusting. Um, they're a little bit more trusting because you've yeah. shown them that it's okay to let go of the wheel. We got this. Yeah. 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 Well, why don't we, I feel like that's a great segue. Why don't you jump us right into this mm -hmm. example around calling in partnership and how you've embodied um, surrender into this process? Yeah, so this has been a really cool process, which I share with you, um, everything along the way. But I think it's important to start with this piece that it wasn't until this last year that I really became aware that my whole life, I've looked at partnership, a relationship as something to save me. And I can really see that this showed up in my relationship with Brad and our marriage and I mean, I'll give it to him. He was an anchor in a lot of amazing ways and really brought that into our relationship. But it wasn't until I began on my healing journey that I started to be my own savior. And I think that was where, you know, things started to shift for us. But I didn't actually quite realize how big this wound was until this last year. Mm. And here I was 
out of our marriage. You know, I'd spent some time being single after we separated about a year and a half ago. And then I was like, okay, I'm ready. I am ready for partnership. And I was not. (laughs) And I had a lot of stuff to move through, including this, this big journey that I did back in December, uh, through a plant medicine ceremony. And within that, I was able to really witness and experience so much within myself that still craved and desired a man to save me, to save me from everything. My dysregulated nervous system, motherhood, which I still didn't feel quite fully in my power with, my business, which I didn't feel fully in my power with, even though it was doing okay. It wasn't where I felt like I was like fully on my two feet. And it really took me moving through a lot of these bigger pieces, especially over the last few months, it's been a lot of big pieces that I have moved through and and I can understand on such a deeper level. And I'm only now at a place where I can say, I don't need partnership. Do I desire it? Yeah. Yeah. Like I I would love to have a great, amazing relationship. And I know I will, but I'm no longer searching for it as a way to feel saved from something, Mm. you know, like I know when it comes in, it's going to be a beautiful compliment to everything else I've already created. Yeah. I I think you just bring up this such good point about how when we put pressure on things external to us to give us something to give a fill a wound fill a gap right how you almost can't surrender then right and so almost you know when we're talking about like what you need to do to even arrive at that place it sounds like you had to do a lot of inner work on excavating that wounding understanding it getting curious about it and then giving yourselves the things you were seeking to then land at this place where you can let it go. Yeah. Well, and I think, so I love that you pointed that out because I can see that in motherhood, in my business, I was, I was setting all these conditions on what partnership was going to do for those things Mm. when it had to be me that created that first. And I can see that now, like I had to go through huge shifts with motherhood this last year, I had to go through huge shifts with my business, which I'm only really feeling now over the last few months. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because being along the ride for your journey, like, you know, there would be moments where you'd be like, you know, when we talk about that ego or that protector piece popping up in us when, you know, you thought you were beginning to surrender to this and then you'd be like, okay, well, I think I got to do more and I got to put myself out there and I got to, and, you know, it was a bit that energy of wanting to like, paddle upstream, paddle upstream, put all of this energy and this focus into it. Um, and you know, it's, it's interesting because I think you would agree you've gone through like these peaks and valleys with this process. And I feel like you've yeah. finally surrendered, you know, we, and I think for anyone listening, it will be a bit of an ebb and ebb and flow, depending on how big this piece is for you, like how long yeah. you've been gripping to the wheel and how much pressure you put on whatever this is, whether this is a relationship, an experience, um, a big, you know, checkbox for you in terms of your career, like the more it in bunny ears quotations here means to you, the more pressure you're putting on it. I think the more up and down you're going to have to go through before you can finally feel like 
oh, there it is. And I think yeah. I agree with you. You finally landed. Yeah. I love that you bring up the piece where even when I thought, and so it reminds me, I think this is a Gabby Bernstein quote, even when you think you've surrendered, surrender more. Yes. Because I think along the way I've been like, oh, I'm surrendering. And then I'd like a day later, I'd be like, okay, do I need to get on a dating app or do I need to? <laughs> and you're so good at like just mirroring things for me without sometimes saying them that I'd be like, oh, okay, here I am <laughs> in like doing mode again of that force. Yeah. Right. And you know, I also really want to say for anyone who's listening, what really helped me come to this place, especially as of recently, has been, I mean, I've always kind of focused inwards on myself. It's been realizing that I don't have to fix myself. Mm. And that it's really been kind of a mindset shift that I started to have, which is when something shows up, I can still look at it. I can get curious with it. But I no longer look at it as this thing that makes me like defective or is unable. It's this thing that's blocking me from making me fit for partnership or something like that. Well, I think I think it's really important, actually, because as listeners begin to go through surrender on whatever thing it is in their lives, you are going to have these moments where you retract back where you go into control mode, where you begin to try and fix. And that's natural and normal. And if you cast shame onto yourself for that, it's actually doing you more harm than good. I think it's mm. acknowledging that this is real for you and that this thing is really important or you wouldn't be fighting that, like, you know, that, that surrender. You, that's why you're trying to get control because you really want it. Yes. And I think, you know, embodying that sitting with that slowing down to really get curious about it um is part of the process it doesn't mean that you've gone backwards because every step you take gets you closer and closer to this i would say aha moment where you're finally like okay hands up yeah. hands in the air like you said at the beginning of the episode yeah well and and i'm so glad you mentioned that because i think too when we look at the energy of surrender versus control you may say to yourself, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, quote unquote, release control here. And I'm going to go inwards and practice surrender. But I think sometimes we can, and I'm definitely guilty of this is mm -hmm. we'll go inwards and be like, what do I have to fix? Cause that's another way of feeling in control. It's just not as obvious mm -hmm. when actually it's maybe you don't have to fix anything about yourself. Maybe you just have to tap into joy or presence or gratitude or acceptance or acceptance and just let yourself be. Yeah. See, and I think that ties back to that acceptance piece because we want to fix ourselves so that we can get the same outcome that we imagined mm -hmm. we were going to have. And the whole idea of acceptance is, well, what if that was never where we were supposed to land? Yeah. Right. And I think that is like a whole <laughs> thing oh, yeah. in itself. And I think takes a long time to even get that perspective because even probably seven months ago, I didn't quite understand that. So let's hear from you. I was hoping we could skip that you, part. <laughs> what, were you, what have you been surrendering through? Um, I have a couple of examples, like one is bigger and one I just wanted to, I feel like a lot of women especially can relate to that control to get pregnant. 
Um, so I wanted to just start with like a micro example of that. When I was trying to get pregnant um, with our first child, it took me almost a year. And I just remember like the day we got married was like the day we were going to begin trying and I was going to be pregnant within a couple months. And I had the timeline. It was going to be a summer baby and it was going to be a boy and all the things, right? Like this was very much old test, but like I still remember the feelings I had about exactly how it was going to be because my whole life, as you had mentioned earlier, had worked out for me when I yeah. put that much effort into things. And this is, again, case in point, life is so, there's so much uncertainty. It's so fluid. I think when you are ready to become a parent, it is like a Petri dish for you to experience this because you have zero control. Control. <laughs> Okay, never mind when they come out and then you have to be a parent, but like just even conceiving. And I remember every single day, like checking my temperature, taking an ovulation test, doing all the things, eating all the right things, you know, you name it, I tried it, nothing, 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 nothing. I was like getting depressed about it. And then I just remember this moment where like my hands went up. I didn't give up on the fact that, you know, I wouldn't become a mom or I wouldn't have a baby. Um, but I very much gave up on when that baby was, when their birthday was going to be, what, you know, all, all of that. Literally that week I got pregnant, like no word of a lie. Like it was almost laughable because then I was like, oh, well, am I ready to get pregnant now? Because I feel like I'd really released it. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, and then I even remember like, again, once that happened, and I think talking to that ebb and flow of them where like that, that control piece comes back, then I was like, well, it's going to be a boy. Mm. And I remember going to the gender ultrasound and Tori and I were talking about like him and his name and how he was going to do this and that. And then the ultrasound tech, we did it privately so they could tell you, was like, maybe you guys should find out before you go to this gender reveal. And I was like, <laughs> uh she seemed like very wanting us to know which obviously meant we were not having a boy yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she didn't want us to have gender disappointment in front of our friends and family and mm -hmm. i remember that being like a real thing for me i was so dead set that this was going to be a boy and what that was going to mean for us and all of these things and like there there you go again right life so we had a beautiful baby girl and, you know, like she's been one of my biggest teachers. And so, again, just showing this micro example of sometimes where we think we're going to land is not where we're meant to land. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel like often is not where we're meant to land because yeah. the universe likes to remind us that we have zero control over any of this. And I think that's a whole a whole piece for people to really go inward on, like study, research it, because we really do think we know what's best for ourselves. And I think in a way we've conditioned humans to think that, right? You'll end up nowhere or lost and desolate if you don't control from the get-go, right? Even like in high school, like, what do you wanna be when you grow up? You gotta decide right now. It's like, oh, okay, um, I think I'm gonna be a dentist. Okay, great. And now we you know, spend the next 10 or 20 years aspiring to become that when it's like, did we ever really tap in or experience things or just see where life wanted to take us? Mm. And, you know, saying that, like, I was someone who would never have done something like that, right? Um, so I feel like I can talk about it from experience. But that was just a micro example. And I feel like there's probably lots of women in that boat. So if you are trying to conceive, 
you know, you still have to take aligned action, obviously. Uh, but, you know, try letting go a little bit. Try seeing if you can surrender a bit to the process and enjoy it, because that's also the part about when we control, we miss everything along the way. Just so funny to hear you talk about your first experiences as a pregnant woman, like becoming a mother. And because mm -hmm. I was the same way, like I had all these thoughts and ideas of what motherhood was going to be. And I was like, I got this, no problem. <laughs> and then the universe served me max on a golden platter and I was mm -hmm. awoken to a whole other reality, you know, Yes, children, right? So interesting. Yeah. Very humbling experience. It is. And then the other piece I just wanted to touch on before we get to sort of you know, tools, practices, et cetera, that you can help you along your journey of surrender is, you know, again, Christine and I are always trying to share in, in somewhat real time our, mm -hmm. our healing journey and our process so that, you know, you can see that this there's no start and end date to this. And no matter how much inner work you do, again, I just think this podcast rings so true, like life is unpredictable. And you can think that you've got it all figured out, you know all your relationships, you know how people are gonna react to you, you know what you're gonna do for your job, all those things. And then life, you know, kind of slaps you in the face and it's just mm -hmm. very shocking. Um, you know, recently in a specific relationship in my life, I was a bit um, taken back by someone's reaction to just sort of like this new path I'm on. And, you know, when, when kind of it, it came out, I felt myself instantly without thought jump in. Like I was in full dysregulation, panic mode, all the bodily sensations, like adrenaline rushing. And I went right to, how do I fix this? How do I come back to where I need this relationship to be, where there's peace, harmony? How do I fix them? How do I fix myself? You know, fawning, like becoming obsessive, lots of messages, all of that stuff. And it wasn't until I realized that nothing I was doing was working, similar to like when I was trying to get pregnant, that I realized like, okay, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing with this experience for me. And it's always very interesting, I find when these experiences involve another person, because that's a whole nother level of surrender that we cannot control other people, not how they react, not how they respond, and the future of, of all of those things either. Mm -hmm. And so I've really much come to this place where I've had to give, not give up. I mean, I still have hopes that we have a good relationship in the future, but very much the process of how that's going to unfold. But very like what you were saying, Christina, you know, after I realized my efforts weren't working, then I went into, okay, well, what am I doing? What do I need to fix? What do I need to change to again, get their acceptance and very much this dynamic and why this was such a shocking experience for me is it, it very much was like my Achilles heel when people when I feel people don't love me or don't want me um it is the wound for me that will always be the top of all wounds right and that comes from my childhood experience and obviously it's like the universe just knew that that this this will really test you let's see how you surrender to this and so mm. you know after trying to fix myself I realized wait a second 
slowing down because I think too, you'll notice you're in control when things are lightning fast, when we're reactive, knee-jerk reactions, texting someone back before you've even thought about what you're gonna say, like just going through the motions of how can I fix this as quickly as possible, rather than just like settling into it. Wow, I wonder why this happened. How do I feel about this? What does this mean for me? How does this change how I thought things were gonna be? What fears do I have about that? Why do I have those fears? How do I feel about this? Like, do is this something I want still, mm. right? Um, and so that's kind of the place I've come to is surrendering that I don't have control here. All I can do is keep leading myself. All I can do is keep, you know, I have hope that eventually that relationship will rekindle itself, but I've very much given up on how that's going to happen on even a hundred percent certainty if it will, because ultimately, you know, especially with relationships, sometimes people are put in your life for a season. Sometimes it's forever. And sometimes you just have to continue on your path and they'll meet you when they're ready. Um, but a much harder pill to swallow than I'm, than I'm letting on at, at this moment. Uh, but it was just a very like real experience for me where I saw, oh yeah, I'm so healed. I got it all in control. And the universe was like, oh yeah, let's see how you deal with this one. Um, and very much still like an ebb and flow happening. And there's still moments where those protectors, those mechanisms of control that used to work really well for me want to come up and I have to continuously go inward slow down, really process how I'm feeling. And just remember that like, maybe this is how it's meant to be right now. And that's really hard to accept, but acceptance is just so, so key. I think when you're trying to surrender to a process. Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad that you shared this piece and I know that it wasn't easy because this has been a tough one for you, but I think that this is really valuable for listeners. You know, I talk to so many women, especially who are on this journey of growth and healing and expansion. And often what comes up is like, what do I do if this person doesn't want to change or grow or, or come with me on this path? And so I love that you're talking about this because this is a great example of, mm -hmm. you know, where, where you have really gone on this path in a beautiful healing way and, and really this is where sometimes the people in our lives don't always go on the path as well. Um, and it can be really hard. It reminds me of after everything occurred with you and Tor in your relationship. And I remember when we were sitting there one day and you kind of had this light bulb moment of like, oh no, I have to now do me. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that is such an energy of surrender. So funny. I was feeling like I might, would have touched on that too, but yeah. 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 And, and, and maybe we can touch on that. Cause I think this is a big one for listeners, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's your partner or a friend or a family member, or like we're, if you're on this journey, you are most definitely going to come up with relation against relationships in your life that are either going to go with you or need to be edited in some way, or you have to let go of. And that's such a hard piece of the process. Yeah. I think one question, you know, around again, like when you realize, oh, what's the fears here? Like, why am I holding on to this? Like, why does it have to work out for me or for me in this relationship is, you know, 
one question I always ask myself is like, well, who am, who am I living for? Especially in relationship dynamics. Am I living for that person or am I living for myself? And I don't know if that sounds selfish to anyone, but it's the latter and it always needs to be mm-hmm. right. Like you have to do right by yourself first before you can do right by anybody else. And I think when we are come up against these pieces where we want to, you know, change ourselves to make the other person feel comfortable, change ourselves to get that acceptance, love, it goes back to that piece around you and surrendering with partnership. I'm putting a lot of pressure on those external relationships to give me those things that I need to turn in and give to myself, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to keep going forward. And the people who are meant to meet you or accept you, all of those things will come. And maybe there'll be a gap, but if it's meant to work out, it will. And I I don't think there's any other way of thinking around it. I've really come to believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And this also makes me think, you know, maybe look at where you've had this pattern in your life Mm -hmm. because this won't be the first time it's shown up, right? Where, where have you had this pattern of putting this condition on this, this, or, or placing this pressure on this external piece to fill what you need to be doing for yourself? And maybe this is a great place to segue into, okay, so if you are noticing that you're doing this, right? Or, or you know, you're seeing these places you're trying to control and force, you can now understand, okay, I, I want to try to get to a place of acceptance here, try to embody surrender. Here's some things that Tess and I have found helpful for us on our journey. And then we're also going to leave you with some questions that you can ask yourself um, so you can start to do this on your own. I mean, for me, by and large, one of the biggest practices is meditation. Because, and I know that there's so much talk out there about meditation. I think what was a big game changer for me when it came to my relationship with meditation that took a lot of pressure off of, you know, doing it perfectly is understanding that meditation is not about having no thoughts. I mean, that's great. If you can sit in meditation and have no thoughts, I've been doing this for years and I still have thoughts, Mm -hmm. but it's actually the process of being able to see your thoughts and detach from your thoughts and be aware of your thoughts because your practice of meditation then becomes a practice that you adopt in your day-to-day where you can in your day-to-day see your thoughts and detach from them, right? That is the point of meditation. It's, it's, it's about curating this beautiful, beautiful process of self-awareness. I love that. It's just, Mm. you know, and if you're like, oh, I'm not a meditator, stillness, Mm -hmm. going for a walk, don't put anything in your ears, don't go with anyone, be alone, like be in stillness, right? That's where our emotions, our thoughts can begin to actually surface. Um, But I agree with you, meditation, key. Breath work Mm -hmm. is also another one, I would say, that kind of groups nicely into, into that step. You know, for me... I guess it's more of like a methodical practice I've now really adopted, especially after this last situation, especially where your knee jerk reaction is to go back into those familiar patterns of control. It's to when I feel something's getting out of hand, like I'm really gripping the steering wheel, I slow down. That's number one. 
-hmm. and I reflect. So whether it's with meditation, breath work, et cetera, I need to see like, why is this coming up for me right now? Like, Mm -hmm. what are these emotions trying to tell me, right? Our body is always trying to communicate with us, but so often we disassociate from that. Like if it's that I'm sad, if it's that I'm angry, well, why? Why -hmm. does this thing this person did or this job that didn't come through, whatever it may be, why is this making me feel this emotion? right? What is my body trying to tell me? Um, And then I think when you do that, whether that's breath work, meditation, journaling, you can begin to connect the dots and begin to see, oh, maybe this is what it's calling me to do, where it's telling me to focus, where I need growth, expansion, whatever it may be. And then I think, you know, coming to this place of acceptance, like what we, what we mentioned, where like, again, I think when you've gone on the mindfulness journey of sometimes we land where we're supposed to not where we wanted to right Mm. and i think when i do that when i can finally come to okay well maybe this is just how it has to be right now whether that's for that person's journey or my journey or maybe i didn't get this job because there's a better job that's coming to me Mm. that allows me to surrender and so i think it's using these tools like you've talked about meditation breath work journaling walking in nature that allow you to begin connecting those dots, but really sitting in process with it. I think so often things happen and we think we have to solve them that hour. And I think we do ourselves a disservice because then we start going down a pathway that maybe was never the pathway we should have gone down with that if we would have just given ourselves a moment. Well, you're you're a lot better at that than I am. And I think that's <laughs> something that you help me with is, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what you said to me in the past, but it's often along the lines of like, are you giving yourself 24 hours right now? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think that that is so important is, is giving that time to process. Um, and, and something that came up when I was listening to you talk there was maybe it might also be helpful for you to reflect back on your life when things haven't worked out the way you wanted them to, but what was the outcome of that? Because I'm sure it led you down maybe a different path than you might've expected, but was probably the right path for you, you know? And, you know, I'd say the last piece here that I find has been really helpful to kind of fill in the space of release is trying my best. And it's, it's become easier with practice to really tap into joy Mm -hmm. and gratitude for the pieces that are showing up for me Mm -hmm. you know because there are so many good things that are showing up for you in your life and maybe it's the one thing that you want the most that isn't showing up but maybe the simple lesson there is because you're not grateful for the things that are showing up of course you would say that I was just having a conversation about this last night (laughs) (laughs) and I think that goes to that boat analogy as well right when you're going downstream and flow you can actually see the things like, oh, well, it's a beautiful day, but yeah, I'm on a rapid river, <laughs> like, right? Um, whereas when we're in control, we don't, like when we're trying to exert control, we don't see the things, right? Yeah. We're too narrow focused, we're too hypervigilant of what we're trying to accomplish that we we lose sight of that. And I think it's so important. And I, I do think as well, like some reprogramming mindset work is needed, especially for me, anyone else who can relate where, I'm not an optimist, I'm a pessimist. And that comes from a mode of survival, um, something I'm trying to change, but it's not as I don't choose it. Um, and so it is hard actually for me to find joy 
and the good things, especially in a moment where I'm feeling activated, I'm feeling dysregulated, things aren't going how I want them to, but I think it it's so critical. So I'm really glad that you touched on it. Well, and I'm wondering if that's related to freeze mode, because when I notice that I am in freeze mode versus fight or flight, freeze mode comes with way more, um, for me at least, sort of end of the world thought process. Not like I'm catastrophizing. Yes. Yes. Very familiar. (laughs) Yeah. And so I wonder if that's also just being aware of where you're at with your nervous system for anyone listening Mm -hmm. Um, is like, because when I'm in fight or flight, I make all the things happen. No problem. I mean, I'm not happy about it necessarily, but with freeze, it's a totally different experience. And I think, you know, if we can even just end this before the questions on, this is why healing is so important. <laughs> um, you know, you could become awake to like, oh yeah, I'm manifesting these great things in my life. And, you know, going forward, I'm doing all these things, meditating. If you have not gone back, and I know it sounds like doom and gloom, ooh, we got to relive like yucky stuff. So if it doesn't feel good, <clears throat> it's not about being a victim. It's about going back excavating that out so that you can move forward it's not you're not meant to stay in it you're meant to re-experience it you know in a mental energetic way so that you can release it so that you can actually do these things and i think this is just a really expand yeah because good luck surrendering if you haven't dealt with all the reasons why you need control yeah yes, yes 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 it's like you we think like oh it's just a choice i can make it's not like you have to do the work to be able to do the practice. Yeah. I guess is where I'm getting at. Okay. okay. So questions. So mm-hmm. here's some questions that you can be thinking about if you are now interested in kind of diving in and, and learning how to get to a place that feels more in surrender. Mm-hmm. So the first question we have for you is really ask yourself when you're in an experience where things aren't going well, you're wanting to surrender, but you're feeling like you're in very much a mode of control. What am I afraid will happen if I let go of control? You know, or what are my fears that are coming up right now if I don't solve this or get that thing right now when I want it and how I thought it was gonna happen? And just one piece on this is, and you've always taught me this too, it's like write down like your fears and then read them and actually say like, what would I do if those came to fruition. But I think another aspect of that is how valid are those fears or those Mm -hmm. things that you're afraid of, right? I think when we can recognize the fear or write it out, speak it out, mentally think about it, we can actually get really curious about the validity of them Mm -hmm. because a lot of them are not real and will never come to fruition. And therefore they don't need to be the blocks that stop us in letting go. Yeah, but also not invalidating yourself for these fears, because that is a part of you that's coming up that has had to deal with stuff in the past. So honoring it, but also seeing that it doesn't have to prevent you. Yes. Yeah. Then I think another piece is, am I trying to control anyone but myself? Or anything. (laughs) Anything as well. Yes. Um, I think especially though, it does come up when you're in relationship conflict or things, you know, whether it's like your partner and you want them to do whatever it is, you cannot control them. And and I will say you actually can, obviously, depending on the dynamic of your relationship, like we think of parents with kids, but that outcome you get does not come from a place of like authentic attunement from them, right? Mm. They're doing it because they feel forced. And is that really what you want? Probably not. And I think in the, in the example, you know, that we gave earlier on in my journey where 
things happened with my husband and I, and I was like, well, we got to fix him. And then I was like, "Mm, actually, all I can control is how I'm going to heal, how I'm going to change, how I'm going to create boundaries for myself. And that hopefully brings them along for the journey, right? Mm. Um, So really look at where are you trying to control anyone or anything other than yourself, your reactions, your outlooks, the things that you're doing for you. Yeah. And I experienced that exact same thing with Max Mm -hmm. because, and I grew up in a paradigm, I'm sure a lot of us did of like fear-based parenting. And then I went into motherhood being like, oh, I'm going to kind of be the same parent as my parents. Well, no, that wasn't going to work with Max. Thank God. Because, and I had to look within myself to figure out wow, I'm a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the hard part too, right? Is that when we use control and whether that's in parenting with fear and shame, whatever, it does, it does create outcomes that we wanted. Yeah. That, but at what cost, mm-hmm. I think, right? And maybe that could be the cost of something better that could have come in its place. Uh, and then the last one is if you're really wondering like, well, do I really need to surrender here? The question I would be, thinking about whatever it is that's going on for you is would surrendering or letting go feel freeing? Would that create a sense of that relief, a sense of that weightlessness, a sense of peace, even though maybe you're not getting the thing that you wanted or the outcome in the relationship you wanted, would letting go of that create some space for you? Because I think you'd be surprised if you can nudge along, maybe what could fill that space and what could you know, be created in that weightlessness feeling, um, if you would only allow it. Yeah. It's, and just to add to that piece of like, you might be surprised what will fill that space. You know, when I go back to my analogy with partnership, wanting to find safety in partnership, realizing I was placing that partnership as creating safety in all other areas. Mm. And then I released that. And now I've created safety in all those other areas on my own. So it's just yes. interesting, right? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> ah, so good. Always. Well, we thank everybody for listening. Once again, we have our workshop going on tomorrow night. We still have a few tickets left. So if you are interested, you can get a hold of Tess and I. You can reach both her and I on Instagram or TikTok, Tess at her unearthed. And you can reach me, Christina, at christina.soulempowered. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Have a great day.